Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Woo-woo. And we're back. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> welcome. Welcome everybody. Uh, <laughs> Hope everyone had a good week. Surface. We're so awkward. Um, Hi. We'll <laughs> never stop being awkward. It's fine. I know. Never. Um, yeah. Hi. Any any exciting weekend plans from the past? Why did I word that so weird? <laughs> did you have a nice weekend? I just don't know. I did. I had a nice weekend. Um, nothing crazy because pandemic here in the U.S. <laughs> But um, that uh, little thing called Corona. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, luckily, yeah, I'm still healthy and good. I do have uh, just an announcement regarding Patreon. We <gasps> have three new patrons. Yay! Uh, yeah, our new patrons are Carrie, Nicole, and Amanda. Oh my God! Thank you guys for being here and joining us on. Patreon. Yes, thank you, Carrie, Amanda, and Nicole. Nicole, sorry, Nicole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. It means a lot for us, and you know, because of you, it keeps the podcast running. So thank you, um, Katie, and I have some special plans for some um, Patreon content in okay. October. So keep your eyes open. And peeled for some exciting, um, yeah, content on Patreon. I mean, I hope we do it. I hope we don't chicken out because we just put oh, it out we're there. Not going to, we're gonna, we're gonna do it, and it'll be. We're fun. gonna do it. Um, yeah. So yeah. So if you're not on Patreon yet, and you would like to be, and you're able, um, our information is take it away, Katie, because I always forget. <laughs> it's <laughs> patreon.com slash not so molly mormon and i usually leave the link in the show notes so you can just click on it if you yeah. know yeah on your whatever again, device we say it every episode but we're gonna keep saying it every episode very very grateful for you guys and also for those who aren't able to um support on patreon no problem thank you so much for your support other ways like with mm-hmm. instagram and promoting us and supporting us and just listening to our podcast. That's a huge support in and of itself. So thanks to everyone. And um, yeah, if you're listening, thank you. Yeah. Um, What are your announcements, Sarah? My announcement is I got stung or bit by a yellow fly this weekend. Can we talk about that? Oh my God, Kate. So is is a yellow fly like a yellow jacket? No, that's the thing. Is this like the weirdest fucking thing? So I'm I'm scratching it right now because my leg still has like, it's like the size of a sand dollar, like red oh. welt on my leg with a little dot in the middle where it bit me. And you Ow. got this thing. I don't know if anyone out there, anyone around the world who is listening to this, if you have any information on the yellow fly, DM me because I am curious as fuck. I've never heard of them before. I was cleaning. Okay, no, no, backtrack. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything to my bike. Greg was <laughs> trying to pump up the tires on my bike, I think. And we were going to get ready to go for a ride. And I was like, most of the time, Kitty, you know, like I'm, I'm like, ugh, 
bike ride. I mean, I'm like, I drag my feet. Like once I'm out and I'm cycling and on the countryside, I love it. But like actually getting me to do it, I'm just like, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to like drag my feet. So this is like the first time I was like super pumped and was like, yeah, let's go for a bike ride. I'm so excited. Getting ready. We're about to leave. And I just start freaking out in the middle of the street, like in front of my apartment. Because something bit me and it was so painful, you guys. I'm not exaggerating. I grew up in the fucking deep south of Georgia. And so I've been stung and bit by every critter you can think of. And I shit you not, this was the most painful. It was like so painful. And it wouldn't stop. Like my leg immediately started to swell. And it was just like this constant burning, stabbing pain in my leg. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? And I couldn't see what it was. And eventually, like this fly landed on my bike. And I took a picture and Googled it based off of this picture. And it was like, yeah, it's a yellow fly. They're common. They like leave these reactions and basically... It's super painful and itchy. It's just like the, oh. it's the tiniest little fly, too. Oh, that's crazy. I've never heard of those. Yeah, Greg hasn't either. And so it was like the, but then it was just like this funny story because I had to go to the pharmacy and like get medication for it. And then I took wait, a bit Sarah, of it. Wait, you didn't go to Young Living and get essential <laughs> oils to treat it? <laughs> joked about that but no I was actually talking to one of my friends that I was saying something and she was like oh yeah like did you get some like essential oils just just kidding I I listened to your episode no no, I didn't I should have maybe that would have cured my lupus and my sting obviously it would cure everything (laughs) it was just so pathetic though because the rest of the day I was just like I can't believe that happened to me. But now I'm like taking a three hour nap in the afternoon because I took a Benadryl and it knocks me the fuck out. And sorry, <laughs> it's just pathetic. Anyway, so that's my announcement. Um, and other than that, let's let's get on to our uh, topic, which you guys today is another good episode where Katie educates Sarah. That's episode 97. Um, <laughs> you know, did you know we're in the 90s for our episodes now? Oh, my God. Are we? Yes. Let me see. Um, This one's going to be episode 93. Fucking hell. 93. We're so close to 100. We'll have to do a celebration episode. (gasps) Yeah. So cool. Um, Oh, wait. I did actually have another little story. Sorry, Chatty Kathy is back. (laughs) And people who are listening are like, oh, she takes forever. But just a little positive no, because I feel like, you know, all these Mormons and sometimes other people who may listen to our podcast may think that we're just like bitter or only talk about the negatives. So I do just want to highlight one positive. Um, yeah, I actually met up with someone who um, I was very close to when I was a Mormon. And if you guys have listened to some of the early episodes, I talk about this and um, it was a really it was a big part of what was hard for me to leave the church was this experience I had with this really close friend um, who just wasn't able to see at the time the reason why I was leaving and and just couldn't really 
wrap her head around it. And so it caused a lot of like issues. And unfortunately, our friendship ended because of it. Um, but anyways, I, I met up with her yesterday and it was really lovely. Like she apologized and, um, you know, she's going through her own issues with the church at the moment right now. And so she could understand what I was going through at that time and could see that her reaction was not helpful during that time. It was actually really hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really good conversation. We talked it all out and she apologized and yeah, it was just a really nice experience, like a positive from everything that happened. And it was great to see how both of us have grown and were able to take accountability because obviously I definitely didn't handle things the best way that I could have, but it was just a really healthy conversation I thought and something that was positive from someone that was Mormon in the church who caused a lot of sadness like heartbreak almost um and to get to the point where we were yesterday it was just a really beautiful experience so I wanted to highlight that's, that's good to mention because I think that can give people hope that are listening like if they're going through something like that with a family member or a friend where, yeah, that maybe that family member isn't accepting you because you decided to leave the church. Like, there is hope that they will come yeah. around and and still want to be in your life. It just might take some time. So I think that's good to remember. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then just one other thing, like, really, really briefly, we'll highlight. Um, we got a, I don't know, Katie, if you read it. We got this um, message on, on Instagram from one of our listeners who brought it to our attention that, you know, um, sometimes, and it's me, it's not Katie, <laughs> I'm a bit, um, heavy or quick to stereotype and criticize political parties, as in, you know, I lump all conservatives into one category and all Republicans into one category and all liberals and also Mormons, the same, or religious, um, people who aren't even Mormon, just maybe lumping them all together as conservative and having a certain stereotype, which, you know, there is a large percentage who are like that. But then it is also good to highlight that there are still a percentage of those people in each category who don't believe what the stereotype holds. Right. And so yeah. just a also- reminder to maybe not be so haste to lump everyone together and to keep that in mind. And even though we all have different beliefs, um, we have a platform that is a safe space for everyone. And sometimes that includes people who, you know, maybe don't have the same beliefs as us, but they support the overall message we're conveying. Okay, first of all, Sarah, you gave me way too much credit there because I definitely lump people together. And I've I was reflecting on that too. Like I think I generalize and I think most people do, like when they're thinking about certain demographics of people. And I we have gotten quite a few messages similar to that that one that you mentioned, but then also ones of people who are still kind of Mormon, like they they would consider themselves kind of active, but they don't like obey the rules and stuff. And there's like a lot more nuance to it than I tend to give it when I'm talking about it. So yeah, it's a good reminder that like, just because someone claims to be conservative or they claim to, yeah, hold a specific like 
political idea doesn't necessarily mean that they're all the same, obviously. Exactly. (laughs) And I I hope that we are clear in that, but obviously sometimes we aren't. And that was a good humbling reminder of like, oh, right. Sometimes when I joke, I take it too far. Or when I make certain like comments that, you know, even though everyone knows I mean it in jest. People get our message in jest. And I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm not going to back off of saying that if you support Trump, you should probably look into that about oh, no, no. That one, no. Oh, I, I'm not going to let up. So I'm not going to apologize for that one or loosen the reins in terms of like saying that, okay, maybe if you support Trump, you're awesome. No. Like nah. that's, that's where I draw the line. So sorry <laughs> that, you know, if that offends yeah. you, I just maybe if that offends you we're open yeah we're open to having a conversation about it like we're not we don't want to cut you off or tell you to stop listening to us but like we have very I think Sarah and I both have very strong opinions about human rights that Trump violates so anyway anyway enough of that now to the exciting topic where Katie's going to educate me on something that's super weird and fascinating and what you guys have asked us to do an episode on like for a year now, maybe even longer. (laughs) It's like super duper secret Mormon stuff. Um, So we're going to be talking about something that's called the second anointing. Um, Sorry, could that be the title of the episode? Super duper weird (laughs) secret Mormon stuff. My very scholarly name for this, super duper secret. It's like super duper secret club. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, second anointing. Anointing. So this is something that we'll get into, like, the history of it and what it is and exactly how secretive it is. But first, I just wanted to do a tiny little refresher just about anointing in general. So if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, Sarah has explained to us what happens when you go inside a Mormon temple because... I haven't been, I mean, I went when I was like 12 to do baptisms for the dead, but I didn't go and do the washing and anointing or the endowment. And all of that stuff is extremely secretive as well, but like not as secretive as the second anointing. But anyway, so when you first go to the temple, then every time you go afterwards to do work for the dead, there's a part where you're washed and anointed, right, Sarah? Like you're in a room and they bless you and anoint you with what you do you want to explain it just a little bit for a recap well it's a bit so it is weird they don't actually do it every time you do a session in the temple so basically the very first time that you go through and and so again for people who um maybe are just now joining the podcast and are like what are you talking about going through the temple Um, Just a little recap. So when you're of a certain age, which for men, it's like usually around the time they're 18 or before they're going on a mission. Same for women kind of now, but it's more so women go through the temple when they're right before they get married. Like that's the expectation. So they're usually older when they go through the temple. Um, You so we say when we say go through the temple, it's an endowment session where 
you finally get to know all the secrets of the Mormon church of like what happens on the inside of the temple because you're not allowed to ever talk about yeah. it. And if you guys want to learn about that, if you haven't already, we have episodes where Sarah's explained. So, yeah, go back. Exactly. So this is just a very high-level overview of what's going on. But if you want to know, like, in detail, we have quite a few episodes on the temple. So when you go through the temple for the first time, you are anointed, um, and you have what's called – you go through initiatories, Mm -hmm. um, which is where you're anointed. But after that, it's not part of the – the regular temple session. So you have to specially request to do initiatories. Oh, okay. Um, otherwise you just go through endowment sessions where you just do the two hour little weird thing that we have a whole few episodes talking about. With yeah. the <laughs> um, you want but- to know some, something interesting that I found out too about yeah. like that initiatories is where they like bless you and, and whatever, like, uh, metaphorically like wash you before 2005 you went into that room just like naked with that um kind of like a paper robe thing like a poncho that's open on the sides and no. then yeah and they would do like the little they would take like special oil and they would reach their hand under and touch the different parts of your body that they would bless like your breast and your navel and whatever and then they would take your garments and they would like reach under and put your garments on for you as like part of this, like this ritual. And it wasn't until 2005, they changed that. So you go in like just with your garments on and then it has the robe thing over. So you're not naked and they don't touch you on those oh, parts. Anymore. My God. Wild. Right. That wasn't oh, that, but I kind of wish they would have done that. Cause I would have left the church then. Like I, it was already creepy as, as it is like post uh-huh. 2005, because it's also, so just to clarify, like the women have these initiatories and it's performed by women only. Uh-huh. So men are in there. So it's like, you know, the church sells it to you as like, Oh, the women, it shows that they like have power in the afterlife and that they do actually have the priesthood, but it's just only inside the temple, you know, like, so yeah if you have a full understanding of the church and the doctrine, then you know that the women actually have priesthood um, powers, but you just can't talk about it because it happens in the temple, which is just all bullshit. <laughs> so they like first make you go through this little room that has like curtains. So both it's like two walls and then curtains on either side. And it's this little bitty like foam, like it looks like a phone box or a phone booth. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman in there and she has you repeat some weird stuff. Like I obviously it's like printed out and you just read it and then she gives you your name, which depends on the day of the month, <laughs> which is like your special. Right. name. Yeah, your special name. Mm-hmm. And then you go through that curtain and that's where they do the initiatories where you like sit and I, I maybe listeners correct me if I'm wrong because I only did it once because I only went through the temple. You know, I did it the first time and then every other time after that you just do your endowment sessions. But you, like, sit in this chair, and, yeah, like Katie says, they, like, weird, like, they read some weird shit about, like, breast, like, blessing, (laughs) breasting you. (laughs) Blessing, (laughs) blessing women to basically be, like, queens of. I have it here if you want to hear it. Yes, do it. Okay, so. Sister Little, having authority, (laughs) I wash you preparatory to receive your anointings 
and then you can also say for and in behalf of so-and-so who is dead, if you're doing it for a dead person, that you may become clean from the blood and sins of this generation. I wash your head that your brain and your intellect may be clear and active, your ears that you may hear the word of the Lord, your eyes that you may clearly discern between truth and error, your nose that you may smell, your lips that you may never speak guile, your neck that it may bear up your head properly, your shoulders that they may bear the burdens that shall be placed thereon your back that there may be marrow in the bones and in the spine your breast that it may be the receptacle of pure and virtuous principles your vitals and bowels that they may be healthy and perform their proper functions your arms and hands that they may be strong and wield the sword of justice in defense of truth and virtue your loins that you may be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth that you might have joy in your posterity your legs and feet that you might run and not be weary and walk and not faint Ew, there's so many problems with that. So and many before 2005, every time they like set a body part, they would touch that body part like with oil underneath your gown. Ew. Yeah, on your naked skin. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I don't think they went right on the hoo-ha, but like like a, a, bit, a little bit above it. Like, well, if I was the in there, I'd be like, just go, just go where the clit is. Click, you know, put that on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Too so, far? Yeah. Did I go too far? <laughs> no, Always. we're we're never too far. Always. Um, um, oh yeah, and oh then they God. like tell you that you're a you're a priest or a priestess or a queen, a, a yeah, queen priestess. and priestess. I think that's yeah. what it was. I remember that word stood out to me, and I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah, they they say let me let me see what I have here. They say that like it's for. I I will get into it a little bit more, but it's like. When it's that first anointing, you're told that you're anointed to become a queen or priestess unto God. Like, you will attain that in the next life, like, in the celestial kingdom or if you reach that, right? Like, it's not like they're saying you are one right now, but, like, that's the promise that, like, God that's is your giving potential. you. Yeah, that's your potential. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... That was, that's basically like what that first anointing is that every good Mormon, when they go to the temple goes through. And then afterwards, like Sarah said, they do the endowment and stuff and you're not supposed to talk about that. So when you go to the temple, you're kind of surprised, but also like, I think people know that it happens, right? Like, you know, that garments are a thing. Like, you know, that there's an endowment ceremony. You just don't know exactly what it is, Mm -hmm. but like you at least know that it exists. With the second anointing, like most Mormons don't even know that it exists. And I definitely did I've never heard of it. Yeah, no, me neither. I didn't know about it until after I left. And so I think there's a really, it's pretty probable that most Mormons don't know about this. So this ordinance is by invitation from the prophet only. Like you have to be invited by the first presidency and it's only for married couples that they can receive this ordinance. Yeah. Well, active married Mormon couples, obviously. Um, Oh, my God. I'm so excited. We only know about it because of some history that's been recorded and then some apostles or members that, like, had this ordinance done, and then they left the church and talked about it. So um, I'll give you just a little bit of history about where it comes from, and then we can talk about what it actually is. So, okay, so J-Dog... Our friend J-Dog. J-Dog. Joseph Smith, J-Dog. 
Joseph Smith Jadak, he introduced the endowment in the Nauvoo Temple in 1842. So like the regular one that you went through. Yeah. And in 1842, he stated that this work was to establish the fullness of the priesthood and it was not yet complete. There was like another step. Um, so this second step to contain like the fullness of the priesthood was the second anointing. And the first time it was performed was in 1843 to who other than J-Dog and Emma Smith. No, really? So I was thinking this was like a newer thing that came along like after Joseph Smith. No, he made it up. (laughs) Because he made up the original endowment. He like stole a lot of it from the Masons anyway. Yeah. And he added this on. Um, And during his lifetime, the second anointing was performed on at least 20 men and 17 women. Um, After Joseph Smith died, Brigham Young continued doing this practice in like the early years of the church. Um, And after they migrated to Salt Lake, they didn't really conduct quite as many anointings. Like it started to fall off, but they were, people were still doing it, which we'll, we'll get into what it was. But then in, um, in the 1880s, the church president at the time, John Taylor, he was concerned that too many second anointings were being performed. And so he instituted a series of quote, procedural safeguards requiring that if you wanted a second anointing, you had to get recommendation by at least the stake president and that the ordinance, quote, belonged particularly to old men. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that'll, that'll make sense later. <laughs> oh, it just sounds so pervy already. Like, I'm already just kind of grossed out. Is it going to? Oh. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then in 1901, church president Lorenzo Snow at the time further limited accessibility to it by outlining, like, even more stringent criteria for worthiness. So, like, you know, you have to be even more worthy than just the regular temple goer to get this special thing. Oh. Um. Okay, so blah, blah, blah. That's not really that important. I have some notes here. But <laughs> anyway, so like it it was becoming like less and less. It was becoming more and more elite to get this special like anointing because it was harder to get. So by 1941, on record, just under 15,000 second anointings had been performed. But wow. Yeah, after 1941, the church completely stopped allowing historians to access um, the records of second anointings. So no one knows after 1941, like how much, like church historians can't even get the records. What? Yeah, it's like, what the heck? Why? Why do they care so much? (laughs) I'm so curious now to know what. To what it is, right? Yeah, to what it is. By 1949, the church claimed that the practice had been, quote, practically discontinued, though it still continues today for living members. Like, there's stories of people, this still happening. So, like, that's a lie, but it's the church, so not surprised. Um, But, for example, the current church president, Russell M. Nelson, wrote an autobiography, and in that, he stated that he received a second anointing in 1974. So like 
people alive now still have this. Um, but yeah, it's kept absolutely secret, even from the members, only given to a very small number of adherents, usually like it's re- old people who have been members for a really long time that are way high up, like super high up in the church. Um, okay, so I'm going to probably get into what it is because it's super weird. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. I have so many thoughts running through my head and they're all <laughs> dirty, which I know is probably not the case, but. Wouldn't that be great? Um <laughs> But one thing before that I that came to mind when I was like thinking about that, like every person that has been recorded that has had this or that has come forward and talked about getting this has been white. There have been no known like black people that have received this special anointing. So just I mean, keep I'm that in mind. Surprise. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like I said, this is like super, super secretive um, from the stories that have been told. Like, so you go to the temple, like you get invited. So someone from super high up in the church sends you a special invitation and you go, you're told to go to the temple and it's usually held on a Sunday because the temples are closed on Sundays because that's when you go to regular church. But so you go in like no one else is there and they even tell you don't tell your kids that you're going to the temple because we don't want them to ask questions about why you're going on a Sunday. Oh my God. Just forewarning listeners, when this is published and Kitty and I fall off the face of the earth or disappear, (laughs) the Mormon (laughs) church has like captured us and silenced us. So that is, yeah, that's like, if, if we go missing, this is why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so, yeah, and even to further, like, portray how secretive this is, um, on the church website, in their Doctrines of the Gospel teacher manual, in for Chapter 19, um, they're teaching about eternal life, and at the, at the very beginning of this teacher's manual, it states, this is an exact quote, it states, caution. Exercise caution while discussing the doctrine of having our calling and election made sure. Avoid speculation. Use only the sources given here. Do not attempt in any way to discuss or answer questions about the second anointing. What? I know. And that's like the only thing you can find on the church website about it. But it's like basically a warning. Like, do not talk about it. If but wait, it it's up. on the church's website. Yeah, like they talk, it, but it's. Because it's in regards to like a lesson about eternal life and stuff like that, that that happens in the second anointing. And so if people are like, oh, hey, is the second anointing real? You're just supposed to shut it down and like not talk about it. What? Oh, my God. So <laughs> crazy. OK, so in the second anointing, you go to the temple with your spouse like and they're the person who's leading this um, special ceremony is like a very high up apostle. It's not just like a regular temple worker. And you go in and there's it. it's like a prayer circle. So you go in and you're with like an apostle or two. I think it's usually two apostles and you 
form this circle and you say a prayer that's conducted by the husband, of course, because he has the priesthood. And then when you're done with the prayer, an apostle, like the really high up guy, gets down on the floor and washes the husband's feet. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I feel like I have heard about this either like in the temple, like a hinting towards it. Ah. This is all sounding very familiar to me because I remember a temple lesson about Jesus washing feet and how that was like something that we continue to do in the temples today. Yeah, I feel like there's always little small hints. Oh my God. People will allude to it. And then it's like, but what? Like, we don't wash feet in the normal temple ceremony, but they do it for the second anointing. So next, the apostle, like, puts his hands on the husband's head, like, for a special blessing, and anoints the husband as a king and priest to God. So you know how in your first anointing it says you will become that? Yeah. Yeah. When you go to your second one, you are it. Oh. And so we'll get more into that later. But it's like you have achieved it. Like you don't need to wait till the next life. Like you you have this already. So okay. after, he, after he does that to the man, then he anoints the wife as a queen and priestess to her husband, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Some other things that they bless you with are let's see. Where was it? Um typically they'll bless you with something like the Holy Spirit of promise, the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the power to bind and loose, the power to curse and bless, the power to live as long as life is desirable, the power to open the heavens, the power to attain godhood and to be sealed to eternal life. So just so basically a whole bunch of bullshit as usual. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of fake nonsense. But um okay. And so um also during the, the special anointing they're told like you you are commanded by God to never speak about this outside of the temple. Like never basically never speak about it ever again or you're disobeying God. Um so then the next step is later they'll either the husband and wife will either go into a separate room in the temple or they'll do this at home. And it's where the husband will like say a prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to be in the room. And then the wife like kneels down and the husband sits and she washes his feet for him. Ugh, fuck and then she- <laughs> And then she puts her hands on his head and gives him a blessing. So that's another thing that's like, I'm sure if people have been through this, they're like, see, like women have the priesthood. But in my head, I'm like, if the only time a woman can ever use this quote unquote priesthood is like in a super secret temple ritual, then like, how good is that priesthood anyway? Yeah. And she has to wash his feet first. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) Another point uh, that I found interesting was that before 1846, the woman was also anointed as a priestess unto God. Like she was a priestess with God in this original like second anointing. Mm. 
1846, Brigham Young changed the ceremony um, and readministered it so that the wife would now be a queen and priestess unto thine husband. I just love how, like, Celestial Jesus is so fickle. He's just like, mm, I think <laughs> now I'm going to change it because yeah, I like, just feel like it. Yeah, because Brigham Young hates women a whole lot, and he wants them to obey him. So he's going to change it and say, if you don't listen to me, you cannot be I a know, and I just love Morbid's arguments, like, but Revelation is received and to the prophets, and they are the mouthpiece of God. So what they say is what God <laughs> says. And it's like, really? Because the one that gets me that like makes me want to gag every time is they say, Revelation is given line upon line, precept <laughs> upon precept. Yep. <laughs> like, why can't it just be always the same forevermore? Like, is God really that fickle? Like you said, I. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just imagine him being such a diva. Like, oh, yeah. Like the guy who's like, you know, today I want a flat white, but tomorrow <laughs> I might be like a latte guy or even a pumpkin <laughs> spice latte guy. Like, I don't I know. Mean, She's going to see where the wind blows me, you know? Don't like, put me, don't put me in a box, Molly. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, you listen to me. <laughs> he doesn't want to be in there. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get into just a little bit of, like, the symbolism and the meaning and why this is so odd. Besides the fact that it's super secretive and stuff. But, like, okay, so like I said, the first anointing that you go through, you know, it, it gives you the promise. And then the second anointing, you become either the king or the queen. So um, it's basically saying, okay, the first anointing promises blessings and the second anointing bestows the blessing. Mm -hmm. So um, this means they are guaranteed, no matter what they do, they are guaranteed the highest level of the celestial kingdom. What? Yeah, like that they are basically home free. Like it's a free pass. There's no more worrying about commandments or, or tithing or even not stealing or harming people because you have made it like God has passed final judgment and you are basically a God and a King or a queen and you can do no wrong. God damn it. I left too soon. I left too soon. (laughs) I could have had the second anointing, and then we could have had this podcast. No, but Sarah, you'd have to have waited until you were probably, like, 80 years old and have been married 60 years to a Mormon man that you hate, and then you have to wash his feet, like, But I would have had a free pass, Katie. (laughs) A free pass to Celestial Kingdom. Mr. Jesus and I could be chilling, drinking our pumpkin spice lattes and changing shit up every other day. Do you think that Celestial Jesus would allow pumpkin spice lattes? I think he would. I think he would. In my mind, he does. I mean, our version of Celestial Jesus does, but. Yeah. (laughs) My version in my head, he's like the mixture of like Jesus from Family Guy and South Park and like all of them. (laughs) You know what? That's who I picture, too. And then in my head, I'm also like, 
I also want to picture Jesus is black or Jesus is a woman. And then I'm like, I do that what too. even is Jesus? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but he's definitely always an amazing, like, gay Jesus. Like, I just, in okay. my head, he's like okay. my best friend who is this great, amazingly talented gay man. That's what I imagine as well. Celestial Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so the second anointing essentially judges a person's worthiness and then guarantees they get into heaven no matter what they do with their life after. I think the only thing that takes it away is if you, like, deny it, if you leave the church, like, if you're an apostate, because, of course, that's the only thing that takes away your blessing. Oh, so then I wouldn't have had a free pass. Okay. Right. I know. But, like, so an issue with this like one of the many is like these people in the temple, they're just, you know, as, as Mormons like to say, you know, prophets and apostles are still just men. Like they're not Mm. God. So how can mortal men, you know, they love to say they're just men. How can they judge someone and say, yes, you, I'm giving you this special anointing that you now no longer have to like, even follow God's commandments or repent or anything like you're just saved it just doesn't make sense at all especially with how they preach like they tell they love to get up on the pulpit and tell all of the members like you need to repent and you need to pay your tithing and you need to do this and this and this in order to because the main goal is to achieve eternal life in the celestial kingdom and they're just getting it for free. I mean, but who's surprised, really? Because they're also getting six-figure salaries, and they don't have to pay tithing on that. Yeah. But I'm also (laughs) wondering, I wonder, it'd be really interesting. I mean, it's so secretive. I'm sure, like, there's no research or study, but I wonder if there's, like, a direct correlation between members who are, quote-unquote, selected from these apostles or, like, from God to get the second anointing if they're like members who have paid a lot of money into tithing, you like if they have yeah, the highest number. Yeah, I know. I really think so. I think that that's totally possible. And I was reading and that's what a lot of people hypothesize too. They're like, yeah, it's because these people have paid the most, like in some cases, or they're just, it's basically like a super duper elite boys club. Like, cause you know, someone you can like refer them to get their second anointing and like that's fucking crazy also this made me think too like you know how the church never apologizes for anything like even if they change their whatever policy they never ever issue apologies and I wonder if this has something to do with it because like all the high ups have probably been through this and they're told that they can do no wrong now. Like they are basically mm. gods on earth now. So why would they apologize? I That's a good. Can I, I mean, I mean, it always stems down to this arrogance that lies within yes. most religions, obviously. Like, I mean, a lot of organized religion, but particularly with Mormons and Mormonism is this like layer of like, we are the select and chosen and like, you know, especially in adding this other layer on top of it. Right. Like, you know, we are the chosen who got the second anointing. So therefore, like, we don't apologize for anything, even when we're being blatantly racist and homophobic and sexist. We're just not going to apologize. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's like they're the like 
elite of the elite or whatever. And it's, it, it really feels very cult, cult-like to me of like this other secret thing running within something that everyone, like all these other members are like thinking that they have this special secret knowledge of the endowment. And yet there's like this whole other level that's supposedly so much better. And it's like the full priesthood, like you don't have the full priesthood until you get the second anointing. And yet we won't even talk about it because we don't, we can't give it to everyone. Like, I know to me means we can't give it to black people, but like, I don't Uh. know. (laughs) exactly you know that's it's for white people only you know like that's basically what they're saying it's so disgusting yeah um and there's a really good if you guys want to like research or I guess hear more about it there's a super good Mormon stories podcast series about this about um this was a guy he was a stake president in um London actually I think and he got invited to do this. Um, and yeah, he got his in. He ended up leaving the church, um, which, yeah. And then he told the story on Mormon stories. And it's really, really fascinating. It's long, but it's really good. And also like the, the story of the actual podcast is interesting because I think it was recorded back when um, John Dillon, the host, was like not fully out, like not. Uh, hadn't left Mormonism fully yet and so he didn't even publish it because he was afraid of like the backlash from the church he didn't publish it until 2015 until much much later after they had recorded it but it's Ah. I think it's like maybe the top listened on their on their podcast so yeah if you want to hear more like straight from a person who has experienced it like I would recommend that because it's it's wild stuff like the stuff that they tell you and how they basically threaten you to not tell anyone and then he I think they made a reference to it was like similar to a pyramid scheme like after he got it they told him he could like refer to couples to like get it as well and no hush hush yeah (laughs) oh my god that's mental I I definitely want to check that out yeah. Remember that yeah. time that he reached out to us and asked if we wanted to be on his show and then he never responded. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys. It was like Sarah and I got so excited because John Dillon reached out to us and like said he wanted to interview us and um we were back and forth just a little bit. And I and to be fair, I know he's like extremely busy and their podcast is extremely successful so like it probably just got lost in the shuffle but Sarah and I were so excited we were like we want to be on so maybe one day (laughs) so John if you're listening to this god damn it bring us on this show we know John has the time to listen to us and he loves our crass humor right He definitely drops the F-bombs all the time. <laughs> I know, always. Yep, yep, yep. I just remember we were like, oh, my God, it's happening. I was, like, telling everyone that I was like, oh, just cutting guys. Cause, oh, yeah. just kidding. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, we were fangirling. Um, so, so, Sarah, what do you think of the second anointing? I think it's weird as fuck, and it's, like, <laughs> it's even more proof that it's just such a cult. But it's also, it's it's exactly kind of, it's this weird mixture of, like, definitely a cult but also an M- like an MLM yeah like, it's a corporation this, for sure yeah, yeah it's a corporation and it's all about the elite it's all about you know rich white men just you know keeping up with their appearance and having only the 
elite cool club. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep being racist and like sexist in every form and only have white people who are super rich and who have paid the most into tithing join our club. Like, yeah, it just, it feels so icky to think about it because you know, you must know that like, at least the way that I imagine it is like, you would feel cool to get that invitation as a Mormon. And you would feel like, oh, like they like me. Like I get to join this cool club. Like I know that's how I would have felt if I knew about this. Oh, I would have felt super cool, but I would have been the judgiest bitch ever. More so <laughs> as a Mormon, just a normal Mormon who went through the temple. I, if I had that, I would be like, oh my god. Oh, right, because well, like, on because you can do no wrong. You are yeah. a you're a priestess, and you're going straight boom to highest level of celestial kingdom. Like you could just go like rob a bank and chop someone's hand off, and you're still going to celestial kingdom. Drink a bit of wine, which, by the way, this is totally off topic, but I was giggling so much this weekend about it because we were talking about, <laughs> Greg and I were talking about red wine, and he was like, and I was saying, I don't even remember the exact conversation, but basically that, like, other people think that, like, wine isn't even considered alcohol, but it's, like, you know, as a joke, they'll be like, oh, you don't drink alcohol, but you drink wine, right? <laughs> um, and how I was like, yeah, but, in, like, when I was growing up in the Mormon church, like wine, they, cause I would say that I would argue like, but Jesus drank wine. So I'm so confused. Yeah. Why can't we drink wine? And I remember being told as a Mormon, it was like, well, back in that time, you have to take history into context. It wasn't <laughs> wine. It was just diluted grape juice. And I was like telling Greg this and he was like, what? No, <laughs> they, they had wine then. It wasn't diluted grape juice. <laughs> Yeah, like Welch's existed back then, and they were just, like, diluting it and handing it out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the things they come up with to explain, is it's just too funny sometimes. Or to keep secrets. Like, this is also, like, it it weirds me out. Slash, I have a little bit of FOMO for not experiencing this in the Mormon church. Like, I'm a little mad that I didn't you get the second anointing? Oh, I'm not. I do not want to do that. <laughs> okay, but here, here's a fun scenario. Let's imagine that you did get the second anointing and your life wasn't shit because you were with Greg, but you guys weren't Mormons. Let's just say that you guys were able to go do it and you were able to do the thing where you gave him the blessing. What would you say to him in the blessing? Oh, I would probably just make say something funny like, I bless you to continue to make the best food ever. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. God, <laughs> these are my priority where it's like good food and good sex. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, just continue on with that. I'm doing I'm that. Good. Yeah. And then amen. Praise <laughs> celestial Jesus. We have extra a- time in this special yeah. room. You want to do something? <laughs> I mean, honestly, before you even said that, that's the exact thing where my brain went. It was just like, I don't know, like keep making good food and good sex and make me laugh. I don't know. know. That sounds good to me, but I don't know. I don't know what they, the wives say. Bless you to continue to be a good priesthood holder and example to our family and provider. And to be close to the Savior. (laughs) 
always remember him and to bestow those blessings upon our family. I always go softer whenever I'm doing a Molly Mormon impersonation. Because you're being reverent. You're in the temple. Reverent. <laughs> <A> reverent. <laughs> so creepy. You guys are listening to the podcast and we just go, we switch like Do you remember that song that was like, reverently, quietly, da, 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 da. Remember that? It, it sounds like a horror, horror song. song. I know right. when I'm singing it like that, I'm just imagining like a horror movie with like a scary little girl down a dark hallway. Always. Singing. Reverently, quietly. Okay, now I'm I'm freaking myself out. Yeah, it's so creepy, you guys. When we think about also, I know this is totally sidetracked, but like primary songs in general, like the brainwashing, like Yeah. Totally. It's insane that you're taught these songs over and over and over again from like your childhood. So much so that even when you're like a 32-year-old adult grown-ass woman, I still have those songs pop in my head. Same. And I like, and when you really listen to the lyrics, you're just like, what the actual fuck was I singing? Like, what was <laughs> it? We need to do a whole episode where I just play primary songs for you <gasps> and you get triggered. <laughs> yes, can we please? Or like, yeah. name that song. Oh, name that song. There we go. We'll, maybe we'll yeah. do that in a couple weeks here. I think that'd be fun. Maybe that'll be a Patreon episode. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Treat those patrons. <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, that that sums it up for me. And that was a crazy wild ride. Thanks for sticking thank with me and listening to it. Thanks for doing all the research. And you know what, Katie? To say thank you, I would like to wash your feet. <laughs> blessing. I invite you to a second anointing. Oh, I'm so Do you accept? And I accept 100%. I'm honored. Get right. my feet washed. Get a blessing from Sarah. And oh. yeah, have a good time. Cut them toenails and get the feet ready because I'm going to clean them. I think you might need to give me an exfoliating treatment while you're down there. Oh, I can do that. I just recently <laughs> experienced it, so I know all the things. Oh, that's right. You did. You're a pro now. <laughs> I'm a pro. Um, all right, <laughs> listeners, thanks for joining in this week. Sorry I was a bit of a chatty Kathy, although I'm not apologizing. Just like prophets of the mormon church I'm not <laughs> we don't apologize either <laughs> we'll apologize for shit um we love you guys and have a good week Bye-bye. bye bye